Hello and welcome to day 95 of our Bible reading course. Yesterday we looked at faith as the big picture, the great framework and context for the Christian life. Today we examine faith at the micro level, its day-to-day outworking in so many practical ways. Our passage is James chapters 1 to 3. Let's pray. Psalm 119 says, Do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Almighty God, this is my prayer now. Amen. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. 
religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, You shall not commit adultery, also said, You shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. 
Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed, and have been tamed, by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The writer of this letter is generally thought to be James, the brother of Jesus. We noted the presence of Jesus' mother and brothers with the disciples at the beginning of the book of Acts, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 mentions that the risen Christ had appeared to him. He seems to have become leader of the church in Jerusalem, chairing the historic debate there in Acts chapter 15. As with Hebrews, James is probably written to Jewish Christians, the Twelve Tribes, chapter 1, verse 1, perhaps following the persecution under Paul that drove them out from Jerusalem, scattered among the nations. So it might be one of the earliest New Testament letters. It ranges over a number of topics, sometimes picking them up two or three times in different places. Notable among them are the discussion about the rich and the poor, a significant emphasis of Jesus in the Gospels. Also the importance of not just hearing God's word, but putting it into practice, with that memorable illustration of the mirror. This too was a feature of Jesus' teaching, such as at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, his illustration being the house on the rock and sand, and then the power of the tongue, and the need to control it. The most famous part of the letter brings all of this together in the clearest possible terms. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Chapter 2, verse 17. Some people have tried to drive a wedge here between James and Paul's insistence on salvation through faith alone. However, this would be a complete misunderstanding of what each writer is saying. 
James is no more arguing that salvation is achieved through works than Paul is claiming that the Christian life has no practical outworking. Both of them refer to Abraham, who exercised faith in God and acted upon it. Hebrews 11 agrees. At the beginning and end of our reading, James mentions the value of wisdom. And indeed the whole letter reminds us of the wisdom literature we read in the Old Testament, such as Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Job, who gets a mention towards the end. It includes the description of a couple of important processes in the Christian life. Firstly, how trials which test our faith produce perseverance, which leads to maturity. And by contrast, how temptation works on our sinful desires to produce sin, which leads to death. The section about the tongue is challenging for many of us. Do I ever stop to think about the things I say and how I say them? If I struggle with gossip, complaining, slandering others, if only to myself, lying or swearing, how can I ask God to help me control my words? Can I seek to replace them with praise, thanksgiving, encouragement, blessing and prayer? And how about favouritism and discrimination, not just towards the rich over against the poor, but in any other way, young versus old, married couples versus singles or divorcees, gender, race, or even sexuality? How can I truly love my neighbour as myself? James speaks of God choosing those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith. Chapter 2, verse 5. Can I think of examples of people I know, and perhaps places I have visited, where this has been apparent? What can I learn from such examples? Lord God, my Heavenly Father, this current period of global crisis is a test and trial for so many people in so many ways. May my Christian faith be a significant resource to me, providing resilience and perseverance. So may you deepen and mature your saving work. And I pray for anyone I know who needs some wisdom at this time, a decision to be made, a dilemma they are facing, an important relationship in trouble. Lord, may they look to you, seek the counsel of good friends and have the courage to act as you lead them. In Jesus' name. Amen.